Crack fans, the NFL action is in full swing at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins for all you football fans. And now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. Check this out as well. In addition to the usual bets, Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Maybe you're a fan of a lesser-heralded team. Maybe it's the Detroit Lions. I'm just speaking off the top of my head here. I don't know any Lions fans, but maybe you do, and maybe that hypothetical Lions fan has noticed the fact that Jared Goff seems to hit his passing yards number in every game these Detroit Lions have played thus far. What you're going to do, little same game parlay. You'll take the Detroit Lions as an underdog, as they so frequently seem to be. You'll take whichever of their skill position players. Maybe it's Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift, the Jared Goff passing yards total. You're going to parlay them together, and it's going to make things even sweeter. In fact, you can throw down on step up same game parlays once per game day all season long. Here's how it works. You're going to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use our promo code AOD to get $200 in free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. Again, that's code AOD only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply if you or someone you know has a gambling problem. Crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER in Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, or Wyoming, 1-800-NEXT-STEP-IN-ARIZONA, or 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado or New Hampshire, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa, 877-HOPE-NY in New York, OPGR.org in Oregon, call text Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789 or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. Welcome to our GSP Ace of the Day segment presented by DraftKings. It was an ideal Wednesday on this show as our picks go undefeated. 2-0 up 0.88 units for the day. Shout out to our two winners, Julia Niemeyer, who wins her match by four games, helping us cover our three and a half game spread. You file that result under things you love to see. Of course, shout out to Arthur Rinderknecht as well. A much more comfortable straight set victory over fellow Frenchman Constant Lestien. And where does that leave us overall on the week? I'm glad you asked. We are now 5-3, a .72 units overall through three days of action at our four tour-level events we're focused on on this show this week. And in case this is your first Ace of the Day segment you're listening to, A, welcome, where have you been? But B, the events we are focused on on this show, the four tour-level events happening this week. Of course, we've got the headline taker, the thriller, the W. WTA 500 happening in San Diego. I believe there are six top 10 WTA players playing in San Diego this week. Of course, you've also got a really fun WTA 250 in Cluj, Napoca, Romania. No, not any top 10, top 20 players in the event, but you've got a bunch of different names, people who have had lowercase b breakouts here in 2022 and are jockeying position for 
or to try and position themselves best to make that bigger breakthrough, capital B breakthrough, come the 2023 season, whether it be players like Potapova, the talented two 21-year-old players from China, Wang Shiyu, Wang Xinyu. There are a lot of fun names. Julian Niemeyer, who we talked about earlier. A lot of fun names to keep an eye on this week in Romania. So don't sell that WTA 250 event short, of course, on the men's side. A lot of jockeying for the race for the year-end finals. You've got players like Rublev, FAA in action on Thursday. We already saw Matteo Berrettini knocked out. And once again, Berrettini in ATP level two out of three set hard court matches. Now 38 and 39 overall in his career. I challenge anyone to find me a more confounding stat in the pro tennis world because that one's a head scratcher. And so again, Plenty of things for us to monitor. We had a really fun Mackie McDonald Jensen Brooksby result that went three sets. And, you know, again, it's only been the first three days of action. We haven't even hit the quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. So, anticipating another jam packed, exciting week in the pro tennis world, of course. Here on today's show, what I want to do for all of you listeners is preview the next 24 hours of action. I want to offer my picks via our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook. I've got three aces for all of you listeners today, but of course, as always, more broadly, I'm going to try to spend at least 30 seconds a minute covering each of Thursday's matches. With that said, let's get to it. Here are my GSP aces of the day, and yesterday we placed two half-unit wagers. Rinder Kanesh, Nehemiah, both earning that half-unit because I felt fairly confident that each of them, fairly, you know, it's in immeasurable adjective, I suppose, to say fairly. Is that a quantifiable stat to help all of you listeners understand my degree of certainty? Maybe not. Was that rant necessary? Probably not. That said, I suppose the best way to explain things, on a day I feel good about the picks, I think both the statistics and my eyes tell me that I'm making the right selection. I think that was the case yesterday. Rinder Kanesh's serve was clearly going to be a problem for Constant Lestien. I thought Niemeyer was clearly going to be the one dictating throughout the course of her match, and I thought the statistics indicated as much. Both of those things came to fruition. Today, I'm leaning more one way or the other, meaning I'm really riding the statistics in making my selection, or I feel very confident about the eye test in making my selection. And so, I suppose with that theme in mind, there's no shame in a little uncertainty for all of us tennis fans as we try to make picks on who's going to win each and every day's matches. And let me offer you who I think are going to be some of our winners here on Thursday. Let's start with a match in the aforementioned Cluj-Napoca WTA 250. I am mesmerized by the overwhelming power of 21-year-old Wang Shiyu. The lefty was so impressive in her first round victory, 3-3 three and three, over Jacqueline Christian. Simply put, Christian had no control over the result of just about any point throughout the course of the match. Everything was being played on Wang Shiyu's terms. And the lefty's got some big backswings. There's no doubt about it. If you can play with pace, if you can get the ball into her body, if you can force her to get stretched in the outer thirds, there are clearly things the 21-year-old will continue uh, to, or need to continue to work on. But you look for her up to a new career high. She was 59 entering the week, currently 56 in the WTA live rankings. It's been an exceptional season. Dare I say a breakout year for the 21-year-old from China. You look, she's 39 and 24 overall on the season, 15 and 15 
in tour level play, but the results of late have been exceptional. Whether it was third round U.S. Open, she gets a victory over Maria Sakkari. She reaches the semifinals of the City Open, wins over Vekic, Azarenka. Obviously, uh, has had a very strong year. You know, makes a final of a 125K in Valencia before getting knocked out in three sets by a uh, fellow rising star from China, Jung Chin Wen. It's been a really, really good season for the 21-year-old, and she's positioned herself perfectly to make an even bigger breakout come next year as she is floating right around the top 50, and that means at worst she's going to get into qualifying of the biggest events. She'll get to play exclusively at the tour level next season. No more qualifying for Wang Xi, which she had to do a ton of this year. And yet, despite that, again, 39-24 and overall in the season, winning 62% of her matches steadily ascending up the rankings. I just think from a tactical perspective, she's got a massive advantage tomorrow as she's going to take on Elena Gabriela Russa. And that's no disrespect to the soon-to-be 25-year-old from Romania who earned a well-fought three-set victory over Harmony Tan in the first round in Cluj-Napoca. But you look for Rusa here this season, 17-20 and 20 overall on the year. She has struggled, particularly down the back half of this season. Had a moment where she lost seven, excuse me, eight of nine matches from the Rome round of 32 all the way through the Hamburg round of 32. So really tough May through July. She did qualify in Porto Rose, but you know her victory this week in the first round of Cluj-Napoca was her first first round win since the U.S. Open and one of just, what, one, two, three, four first round victories she has had since uh, the start of May. It's been tough sledding for the 25-year-old who, you know, puts a ton of balls in play, is going to make you work physically. But I just think this match, once again, is going to be entirely played on Wang Shiyu's terms. And I do like the physicality of Rusa. I do like that she's on home soil. I don't think indoor hard courts are the worst surface for her. And you look for Rusa 17-20 and 20 overall on the year, 14-10. and 10 on hard courts this season. Clearly, when she has her feet under, when she's able to get in and out of the corners fluidly as she is on these hard courts, she's going to make life tough for her opponents. She's going to continue to ask questions, but I just don't know what weapon she has to disrupt the rhythm of Wang Shiyu. You look for Rusa here this season, holding serve just 54.5% of the time. Her career average, 56.4 hold percentage on the tour level. If you are offering up softballs for Wang Shiyu to just tee off on, on her forehand wing or even the backhand wing on the return of serve, it's just now she's in control of the point from the start and now she gets to swing freely on that forehand wing, has that much more time to set her feet. I just think it's a really good matchup for the 21-year-old from China. I would also point out Wang Shiyu, 32-11 against opponents ranked outside the top 100 this season. Now, 7-13 against top 100 opponents. And again, if you have a weapon that can get her stretched, make her uncomfortable, that big backswing will break down, will produce errors. I just don't think Rusa has the mechanism to do that within her game. And it is worth noting, Rusa, 51.9% favorite according to Tennis Abstract. That does give me some pause. I mentioned it. No shame in a little bit of uncertainty. But Wang Xiu, also a minus 165 favorite uh, according to the DraftKings money line. You can also get her minus three and a half games tomorrow at minus 105. And again, 
I just think she's going to have opportunities to tee off constantly on the return of serve. I think she's going to get more than one break per set. And, you know, you look for Wang Shiyu here this season. It's been a really successful season based on success on the serve. She's held 68% of the time in her tour level matches. And, you know, when she dips down to the ITF level, that number bumps all the way up to 72.1%. That would be above the average of a top 50 player. And again, when she faces top one, uh, top 100, top 50 opponents, they can pressure her serve a little bit more. I do think Rusa will have some success on return. I just don't know how she's going to hold serve in this match. So give me Wang Xiu to not only win, we'll take the added value. We'll go minus 105 with the money line. I think she wins in straight sets comfortably. Indoor hard court, she just are perfect conditions for her to strike the ball cleanly. Give me Wang Xiu minus three and a half games over Rusa. Minus 105. Again, because of the uncertainty, we're going back to quarter of a unit's bets. Give me 0.25 units to win 0.23 overall. That's ace of the day number one. Ace of the day number two also coming from the Cluj-Napoca draw. Long-time listeners of this segment now or our mini-break podcast feed will know my fondness for 21-year-old former world junior number one, Anastasia Potapova. Potapova is a top 10 returner on the WTA Tour this season. She's breaking serve 42.1% of the time. She has had not a lowercase b, not an uppercase b, but she has broken out here this season. She makes two more WTA finals, wins her first title in Istanbul back in April, followed that up with the final in Prague where she got a really good win over Annette Conteve after losing to Conteve the week prior. You look for Potapova here this season, 33-22 and 22 overall in the year. She's winning 60% of her matches and got a really good win, 2-6 and six, uh, in her first round victory over Ann Lee. I just think physically Potapova, she's a top 50 athlete unequivocally, the fluidity in and out of the corners, the speed of her first step, the power she's able to generate as well, how easy everything seems to be from a fluidity standpoint. It reminds me a lot of Tommy Paul. Like, I don't think that's the worst comparison for Potapova, someone who can do a little bit of everything, but you're not entirely sure what plan A is to make life easy for herself in each and every match. That said, you look for Potapova, 27-14 and 14 overall this season, winning two-thirds of her matches against opponents ranked outside the top 50. She's got a non-top 50 opponent tomorrow in Victoria Golubic. Golubic's played Pretty well of late. You look for her 25 and 23 overall on the year. Qualifies for the U.S. Open. Qualifies and beats Madison Keys into Lynn before playing a tight three-set match with Carolina Mukova. Pretty impressive five and six victory over Diane Perry in round one of this event as well. And look, Golubic probably hits a, a bigger ball on average than, well, She's a little bit more aggressive, I suppose, with her positioning, a little bit more aggressive in going after the outer thirds than Potapova, who is fine grinding a little bit, working you over on the court before she opens up space for herself to change direction. That said, again, from a matchup perspective, you look for Golubic 5-10 and 10 against top 50 opponents here this season. Two of those wins came on grass courts. The other came on Indian Wells, which are unlike any hard court you're going to typically play on. Look, these courts are a little bit quicker. Potapova serves not the biggest. Golubic's certainly going to have some opportunities. That said, Golubic not a good enough returner. Well, she's a pretty solid returner, but I don't think she's going to capitalize on the Potapova serve the way other top 50, dare I say, players may typically capitalize on that Potapova shortcoming. I mean, again, 
I think Potapova is going to be able to relentlessly attack that one-handed backhand with pace, with depth. And while Golubic hits it well, you know, Golubic doesn't have the clear game plan she did against Diane Perry. It was so obvious for Golubic, find the Perry backhand. The moment Perry hits that slice, take that ball a little bit early, change direction on her, force Perry to have to play defense. Potapova doesn't mind when you change direction and having to play defense. And again, can Golubic be consistently aggressive enough to discomfort the 21-year-old Russian? I don't think the answer to that question is yes. Now, you look at the tennis abstract singles forecast, Potapova again, 47.2% underdog. That said, Potapova 1-0 in her career when she's faced Victoria Golubic. You look, uh, the two of them faced off back in January 2020. Potapova a 2-6-7-5-6-2 victory on that occasion. Brisbane qualifying two years ago, two and a half years ago. I just, I don't, again, I'm back in Potapova. And you look at the games uh, at the money line tomorrow. Potapova currently uh, favored indeed minus 135. If she's going to win, I think she covers a minus one and a half game spread. And you can get minus 120 for minus one and a half versus minus 135 for just the straight money line. I'm back in Potapova. I'm going with it. Again, there is some uncertainty. I just don't know what Gulbik. I don't think she can sustain her aggression consistently enough. I don't think her weapons are big enough to consistently discomfort Potapova. Yeah, Golubic's got the bigger weapons on average, but give me Potapova's defensive skills. Give me that physicality to win out. I'll take the minus one and a half games over the money line. Minus 120, again, just quarter of a unit to win 0.2 overall. That said, ace of the day, number three, very much on feel. I just think Sloane Stevens is a terrible matchup. It's a terrible matchup for her taking on Arena Sabalenka tomorrow in San Diego. Sabalenka 2-0 in her career against Stevens, 76.6% favorite according to Tennis Abstract, a minus 300 money line favorite. Obviously, it's been a little bit since we've seen Arena Sabalenka. Hasn't played an event since reaching the semifinals of the U.S. Open. Sabalenka still jockeying to secure a spot in the year-end championships. I'm not going to do a full Sabalenka rant. I've mentioned this on numerous podcasts before. Despite the double faulting and the service troubles throughout the course of the year, I actually think the 24-year-old Sabalenka has gotten better at every other aspect of her game this season. I think she's moving better. I actually think she's hitting more consistently. She's breaking serve 37.8% of the time, which is the second highest number of her career, 2% above her career average. I think the pieces are slowly starting to come together. Now, the second serve is still an issue, but I think everything else is working for Sabalenka. And again, that combination of power, athleticism, I just don't think Stevens is executing well enough right now to disrupt the rhythm of Sabalenka. That said, you never know when the bad, you know, for as good as the good 15 minutes are, the bad 10 minutes are just as bad for Sabalenka every match. Game spread scares me. As you look for Sabalenka, it's minus four and a half games tomorrow. That's just too much because she's just as likely to drop a set as anyone. Minus 300 money lines, a little juice. You got to have to find someone to parlay it with. Thankfully, I did in American Mackie McDonald, who earned a very impressive three-set victory over Jensen Brooksby in round number one in Florence this weekend. You look for Mackie now taking on the wild card, Francesco Passaro, the 21-year-old Italian Mackie. Uh, came into the week 79 in the world, won the doubles in Tokyo last week. Again, carries that momentum here into this weekend. You look for Mackie, the numbers aren't great. 
23-27 and 27 overall this season with a win. He will reach just his third quarterfinal of the year, though it would be his second since the U.S. Open as he reached quarterfinals in Seoul a couple of weeks ago. That said, as bad as the superficial, and it's not that bad to be honest, 23-27 and 27 overall record looks. You look for Mackey here this season. He's 8-2 and two against opponents ranked outside the top 100 and you know, taking on a guy in Francesco Pissarro who uh, is has, you know, you look for Francesco Pissarro in his career, 80 and 56 overall. He's played 136 matches. He's only played 20 in his career on hard courts. Now, Pissarro, 126 in the rankings, has had a breakout season this year, lowercase b, although a challenger standards, uppercase B, up to number 126, has won and competed in multiple challenger finals on clay, earns a first tour-level victory in Florence in his first-round victory over Zhang Zhen, a six-and-six win for him there. That said, you look for Passaro, has never faced a uh, top 100 player on hard courts in his career, is one in five in his career against top 100 players. All six of those matchups coming on clay here this season. With all due respect to his first round victory, Mackie McDonald is a different sort of beast than Pissarro has ever faced, particularly on an indoor hard court where Mackie's going to be taking that ball early, on the rise, coming to the net, pressuring Pissarro at all times, taking time away from Pissarro. I just think it's a really good matchup for Mackey, and you look for Francesco Passaro again, looking to make his first quarterfinal at the tour level in his career. Um, yeah, I just, again, I, I, I'm back in Mackey in this match. I think this is a great opportunity for uh, the former UCLA NCAA singles champion to make another mini, uh, you know, make another mini leap towards that top 50 and just sort of find a little bit of comfort in his ranking positioning. And, you know, between Seoul, between uh, Tokyo, where he won a match, you make a quarterfinal here in Florence as well. Now you've got a solid foundation of points, not, you know, that's going to keep you in the top 100 forever, but a solid base of points to fall back upon during the 2023 season and just gives Mackey a little bit more freedom moving forward. So I think this is a big opportunity for Mackey. I think he takes advantage of it. You parlay his minus 235 money line with Sabalenka, gets it down to minus 108. Now, maybe you want to just take Mackey minus three and a half games straight up. It's plus 100 for him to earn a straight set victory, which is a little suspicious. Why aren't he given even odds against a guy who's never faced a top 100 opponent on hard courts? I like the game of Pissarro, I don't know if it's going to hold up, on, you know, again, with uh, as well tomorrow when Mackey's taking time away. I don't know. That's a fishy line. It scares me. And so that for that reason in particular, I'm going with the Mackey money line over anything else. Give me Sabalenka, Mackey, parlayed tomorrow, minus 108. Again, the uncertainty driving our conservative wagers here. We're going to place a quarter of a unit. 0.25 on it to win 0.23 in return. That, my friends, is ace of the day number three. With all that said, let's quickly look at the board of matches we've got tomorrow. You look over inclusion of Poka. I already talked through two of them for you in Potapova Golubic, Wang Shiyu versus Rusa. You've also got Wang Shinyu tomorrow taking on Blinkova. Wang Shinyu minus 140 favorite. I don't know. Blinkova's tricky. 
I like the over two and a half sets in that match. I like the over two and a half sets in Kalanina Bonaventure as well. The lefty Bonaventure is going to have success moving Kalanina around the court, but I think Kalanina hits the backhand better than the forehand. I think she's extraordinarily fluid out of her corners. I think she spreads the court really well, which is what you need to do. Absorb a first strike, get Bonaventure on the move. That match has three sets written all over it. Even money line odds right now, minus 110 across the board. I'd lean Kalanina, but that's a stay away. And then Paris as Diaz, golfy, two and a half hours. That's, it's just going to be a grind. So get ready for war. For what it's worth right now, your favorite to capture the title, Kalanina, 20.1%. Then Paulini, 15.1%. Nehemiah, 134 after that. Uh, yeah, I think things are going to get funky in Clusion Apoca this week. I'm looking forward to it. Now, you look at tomorrow's matchups in San Diego. So, you know, again, it's always a little uncertain for me who's playing when. I know, I believe it's Iga versus Jung Chin Wen tomorrow. I think Goff plays Andrescu as well. I mean, hold the presses. Like, do the hokey pokey. Turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Boy, is that tennis going to be exciting. Andrescu, three-set winner over Samsonova in round one. She looked fit. She was firing the ball confidently off of both of wings, showing off her immense skill set. That's a fun matchup. Madison Keys is a plus 125 underdog tomorrow. She's 7-1 to uh, seven and one in her career as she against Daria Kasatkina, who she's going to take on. It's a massive power advantage to Keys. She's going to get to swing freely on every second serve return. I should have taken Keys as a dog. I don't know why I didn't. I would throw half a unit on that. I feel pretty good that Keys is going to win tomorrow. So there's a freebie for you. Not an ace of the day, but a bonus pick. Pagula should roll Coco Vandeweghe. That's what Pagula's made a living off of doing this season. Uh, Colin should roll Trevisan. No doubt about that. And then, honestly, Bedosa Chirico might go three sets. Louisa keeps things physical. We just haven't seen a ton of Paula Bedosa this year. So that's the upset alert I'd keep my eye on. I guess Keys over Kasakino would be an upset alert, but seven and one. If you beat someone an eighth time in night and attempts, I don't know how that can be considered an upset regardless of a disparity in the rankings. That said, Iga Chinwen, Bianca Coco, popcorn. Grab your popcorn. That is a fun Thursday in San Diego, of course. On the men's side, you got some fun round two matchups happening in Hyon, Spain. Sepi Corda looked so good. So good. The forehand was firing. The backhand was crispy. He was moving forward with ease. Looked fit. So good against uh, in his victory over Munar today. He's taken on RBA, who he's 1-0 against in his career. It's minus 110 quarter, minus 115 RBA, according to Tennis Abstract. 59-41 RBA. Take the over, but kick your feet up. Enjoy that match. Don't make the mistake of wagering on it because it's going to be fun enough to watch in general. Rublev minus 290 against Ivashka. Ivashka just has the sort of weapons that make Rublev uncomfortable. Maybe over two and a half sets in that, but that's a stay away from me, particularly given you look for Andre Rublev. It's minus three and a half games that just that they're trying to bait you with that line, but we know better. So we're staying away. Murray, minus 500, minus four and a half games against uh, Pedro Kachin. I mean, Murray should win, but that's just too many games. I should have not wimped out and, by the way, taken – well, I, oh, no, this isn't 
Giacchione. That's Florence, excuse me. So, But in this spirit of minus 4.5 games, Nakashima tomorrow is minus 4.5 games, minus 120 against Chelik Billick. I wanted to throw that in. I just have already made Nakashima an ace of the day, and I thought I'd change up whom I'm previewing for all of you listeners. So apologies for that. Uh, Sarundalo, minus 225 against Guinard. I just haven't seen Sarundalo play in a little bit. That feels a little bit too much like a trap. So if you're going to wager that, wager the over. But that's a stay away for me. Over in Florence, again, Nakashima. Minus four and a half, I should take him. I'm not going to. Zapata Morales to serve too well in round number one against Sanego to just take Musetti minus 225 or take Musetti's minus, uh, I believe, three and a half game game spread. It just feels like they're trying to bait you. So that's a stay away. Oscar Oda serves big. That's always an issue for Felix, particularly if Oda finds that backhand wing. But Felix minus 475, minus three and a half games is minus 155. Again, that feels like a trap that they're trying to lure you into parlaying that with something. And then it's a 7-6-6-4 win for Felix and he wins, but you don't cover. So yeah, that's a stay away for me. And by the way, as of right now, Felix 29.7% favorite to capture the title. It's then Nakashima 16-3. Michael Emer, 14-4, and then Sasha Bublik, 11-4. So that is your action right now. Excuse me, Bublik, 19%, Emer, 13.6. Had to hit the refresh button on that. With that said, that's your look at Thursday's action across the ATP and WTA Tours. Promises to be another exciting day of play, of course. To recap, my three aces of the day. Give me Wang Shiyu, minus three and a half games over Russo, minus 105, quarter of a unit to win 0.23. Potapova, minus one and a half games over Golubic, minus 120, quarter of a unit to win 0.2. And then a Savalenka McDonald, money line parlay, minus 108, quarter of a unit to win 0.23. Let's roll the dice, folks, and enjoy ourselves a Thursday in the pro tennis world. Of course, a shout out as always to our super producer, Daniel Westoff, for the of an editing job he does day in, day out, making all of this content possible. Shout out as well to our friends at DraftKings. If you're ready to get in on the action, the DraftKings Sportsbook is the place for you. With that said, for our super producer, Daniel Westoff, our friends at DraftKings, and from all of us here at both Cracked Rackets and the Tennis Channel Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. May the odds be ever in your favor. Good luck, everyone. Thank you.